This is the front page podcast from the Red and Black. I'm Alex Antioch, bringing you our March 31st paper edition and Trans Day of Visibility special edition episode. First, we'll be speaking with sports editor Stuart Steele about UGA's new women's basketball head coach, Katie Abrahamson Henderson. Then, news desk assistant and diversity, equity, and inclusion chair, Dania Kalaji, will join us to discuss her work as DEI chair and how the Red and Black is striving to provide more equitable coverage of underrepresented groups in our community. Support for this podcast is provided by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. For more information, visit grady.uga.edu slash Cox Institute. Hi, Stuart. Thank you so much for coming into the studio today. No problem. Yeah. And so Joni Taylor has been one of UGA's most successful coaches during her time in Athens. Why is she leaving? That's an interesting question. And I think a lot of it comes down to the opportunity she got uh, with Texas A&M. She spoke very highly of their former coach, uh, Gary Blair, when they played. Uh, I think it was in either late February or early March. And he was retiring and they had a whole ceremony and things like that. And he ran a very successful program there. Um, it was a little bit of a surprise just because her contract here was scheduled to go through, I think, 2027. And there was really no inkling of her leaving. So it's not exactly clear the reason. But I think she just saw a new opportunity, uh, probably got a raise as well and, you know, wanted to go to Texas a yeah, and um, what impact has her departure had on UGA's current team? So the main impact is just roster changes. When this story was published, it was two transfers. Now it's three are in the portal. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Sarah Ashley Barker is going to Alabama. Uh, Tanea Hilton announced she's going in the portal, I think, yesterday. And Reagan Richardson announced on last Friday. Um, and also on the recruiting front, Janiah Barker, who was a top three prospect in the 2022 class, announced she's no longer coming here. She was signed and everything, uh, so they let her out of that, and she'll be going somewhere else, potentially following Joni Taylor is kind of the, the word on the street. Um, and also a 2023 four-star uh, decommitted from Georgia as well. So lots of roster change immediately. Wow. Um, yeah, it seems like um, the members of the team and like the incoming people who were going to play on the women's basketball team hold Taylor in a really high regard. Could you speak to her impact on her players? I think she had a massive impact on pretty much everyone she's coached at Georgia. I mean, uh, just uh, when they were knocked out of the tournament, Jenna Stady, well, she graduated. She's moving on from basketball after this season. Talked super highly of Joni and Q Morrison did too. Um, they all talk about her as sort of a mother figure to them and that they just really look up to her. And I think she does a lot to inspire her players uh, off the court as well as on the court. And she's just a super impressive figure in that way. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side, could you tell us about who Katie Abrahamson Henderson is and her past history with UGA? I can. Yeah. So Katie Abrahamson Henderson Uh, was head coach at UCF for the last six seasons, I believe. She's had a lot of success there. She's had head coaching jobs prior to that. But her connection to UGA goes back to her playing days, I believe back in the 80s when she played for 
uh, Andy Landers, who is like the coach at Georgia for a long time, super highly respected, kind of legendary. He was here for like 36 seasons, I believe. Um, so I think that was a big factor in her wanting to return to Athens and kind of coach a program that has a lot of historical success and is kind of a big time program. Yeah. And kind of speaking to that, how does Abrahamson Henderson's record compare to Taylor's? Uh, they're pretty similar records. Um, both have been super successful winning 20 games a season. Usually Abrahamson Henderson's won a few more games per season, but is in a slightly, probably not slightly, a pretty much solidly easier conference the last few years as opposed to the SEC. But, um, She's led the UCF to a bunch of conference titles. They were second-round exit this year in the NCAA tournament, just like Georgia. So, I mean, I think she's been similarly successful to Joni, uh, just not necessarily at as big of a school yet, but now she has that opportunity. Yeah, and what's next for the women's basketball team now that Abrahamson Henderson is coaching them and they are moving into the offseason? So next up is just going to be filling those roster spots. Um, There's a chance that Richardson may decide to stay. She was actually at the event the other day, which was interesting. So while she did enter her name in the transfer portal, you can still take that back and return to the program. So that'd be big. Um, Continuing to recruit. She talked a lot about recruiting Georgia pretty hard, which is important, but also, uh, continuing her ties from when she was in Florida. So if they can kind of become a a good recruiter in both of those states, they could pretty quickly build a nice roster for next season. Also, her daughter plays at UCF, and there's rumors that she may follow uh, her mom, which would make a lot of sense. Um, And she's a solid player, so that'd be a good addition as well. What has been the UGA athletic community's reception of Abrahamson Henderson? I think generally people are excited. I think it was surprising that Taylor was moving on, but after that initial shock wore off, she pretty quickly emerged as a candidate that a lot of people liked. People loved when it's a connection to the past Georgia. I mean, you know, going from Kirby and all that to this, they love that kind of connection. And um, just her resume speaks uh, pretty highly of her. She seems to be a very successful coach and she, Came off well at the press conference. Uh, So I think it looks like a good hire. It's just tough to move on from a coach who was pretty ingrained in Athens and seemed like she was going to be here for a long time. Um, And it was just a little bit of a whiplash from that. Next, Dania Kalaji will join us to talk about the Red and Black's DEI initiatives and the importance of diverse news sources. Hey, Dania, thank you so much for joining us in the studio today. Hi, Alex. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so could you tell us about what the role of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee is here at the Red and Black? Yeah, so actually the DEI committee was created in January of 2020, It was a very loosely structured committee where more conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion started within our staff. And I think that, you know, all these conversations were very necessary in terms of the political climate that we were facing, you know, as student journalists, but just looking at our world as a whole and 
we, you know, as a student paper, started reevaluating a lot of our own policies and even our coverage. So um, after some of those conversations happened, a real committee was formed. And now we have, you know, a structure with a DEI chair, um, even our editor in chief, executive editor, managing editor, newsroom advisor, and the executive director of the Red and Black are involved in conversations um, with our DEI committee. But we also have outstanding members um, that are a part of the committee. We have weekly meetings where we kind of talk through some of our initiatives, which include a lot of community outreach, um, you know, looking internally to the Red and Black with our coverage and are we using the proper acronyms? Are we using the proper words to describe communities? Um, how are we identifying people? You know, just really looking inwards and making sure that whenever people do come visit the Red and Black that we are supporting telling the stories of all the diversity within the UGA and Athens community. Yeah. And how did you get involved with the DEI desk? Okay. So I actually started as the outreach manager at the Red and Black, which really is focused on, like I said, community outreach, not only at UGA, but in the Athens community as well. So a lot of that was making community connections, really starting friendships between the Red and Black and other various organizations. And I think that that really showed me I really enjoyed DEI. And I really... I really enjoyed having those hard conversations, but transparent and necessary to have. So after my role as outreach manager, I stuck around on the committee and decided to apply to be the first chair, which I think is really cool. And I'm really excited to see where the committee goes in the future. Yeah. um, Could you tell us a little bit about your diverse sources database and some of your other initiatives? Yeah, of course. So actually, the Red and Black has a diverse sources database, which was inspired by NPRs. They have an incredible database with just a lot of different sources that represent, um, you know, more than just ethnic um, and racial, you know, minorities, but expanding more toward, you know, different people with sexual orientations and, Um, you know, communities that are just underserved a lot. And the Red and Black decided to do the same in that um, initiative and that end goal. And so this entire database is kind of structured, like I said, split up into all these different topics. Um, It includes students, professors, you know, just a lot of different diverse people to go to because when we approach our stories, you know, we love going to the same person who is very knowledgeable about what they're talking about. But in terms of diversifying sources, people can always just refer to the source database, find the people they are looking for who are, you know, equally knowledgeable but have different perspectives and different outlooks. And yeah, everyone is free to add sources they talk to, sources they think that are great. And it's just a very good reference point for everyone here. Yeah, thank you. And could you tell us about some of the other work y'all do? Yes. So this semester specifically, we've been focusing a lot on workshops and guest panels um, internally with the Red and Black, really just opportunities for all of us to learn from professionals and how they transitioned from their time in college to, you know, in the professional landscape. And also, these people who we're bringing in are also very diverse, have really great backgrounds that are different from the people that we would normally hear from. So I think that was really a key initiative this semester. 
Um, in terms of last semester, something that we were really proud of was beginning the Red and Black in Espanol, which is a completely Spanish-driven content page. We have a Spanish translator, and she is incredible, Lisette Cruz. She's been devoting a lot of time and translating just a lot of good, solid city news stories, campus news stories, and news that a lot of our Spanish community, you know, should be able to read. So in terms of more accessibility, I think we've opened our arms a lot more to that. But um, we've been doing a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of initiatives. Yeah. And could you speak to why it's important to emphasize um, conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion in the newsroom? Yeah, absolutely. So I think when it comes to DEI, a lot of people just shy away from it because conversations can be really uncomfortable and, you know, different microaggressions may even happen, but it's necessary to address these things and address these conflicts and have transparent, true, real conversations about it because without doing that, nothing can be pushed forward. So when I think of DEI, I don't just think about, you know, the Red and Black's content and trying to reach more, you know, diverse communities, but it's also just creating a inclusive environment for everyone here. And that also goes in terms of recruitment and how we can expand from, you know, a predominantly white publication to, you know, more diverse people who represent a lot of different communities. And I think that, um, you know, that's definitely a process and DEI initiatives cannot happen overnight. And DEI is not just a check, a box to check off of a list. And that's why I think that it's great that we have started that long journey. But like I said, it's been it's been really great to learn from other people and hear from committee members and also just all of this community outreach that we've been doing. It's been really great to understand the community more. As our regular listeners know, you are also a reporter here at the Red and Black. And I'm just curious, how has keeping these subjects in mind influenced your personal reporting process? Right. So I'm actually a person of color. I'm from Syria and I'm also a Muslim student here at UGA. And I think that, you know, being the DEI chair has really opened my mind up to how to report on different people and different communities. But it's also taught me the importance of, you know, cherishing my own heritage and how important that is to me. And, you know, whenever we do pitch stories here at the Red and Black, I feel like I'm always an ear, like a person whispering in everyone's ear, like, let's make sure like we are approaching this correctly. And, um, you know, having our sources be, you know, well spoken and well versed, but also, you know, differing perspectives. So I think that there is a fine line between, you know, being a student journalist and also embracing your identity but it's really shown me how working with those two hand in hand can create something really beautiful and have a lot of people's stories told who usually don't get that platform this has been the front page the front page is a production of the red and black publishing company you can find the stories discussed in this episode in the paper edition or on our website at redandblack.com. Make sure to download our app, keep up with us on social media, and check out our new health podcast, The Athens Frontline, hosted by health editor Simran Kaur Maholtra.
We hope to see you next week.